Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and having a good start to the year. Today's episode is another positive birth story and it's actually, oh, it's it's very inspiring I have to say. Um, so listener Beth got in contact with me uh, because she wanted to share her birth story with you guys. She benefited from listening to the birth stories on this podcast while she was pregnant so she wanted to share hers to give back and hopefully benefit um, some other people as well. So Beth gave birth during COVID, which obviously many people have also done and many of you people that have listened may have or are due to, obviously COVID is still ongoing. And she also had an induction. And so she has kind of two different parts to her story, um, an induction birth, but also a birth during COVID where her partner actually was not with her for the beginning part of her labour. So she really had to use her hypnobirthing skills and everything that she'd learned to really dig deep to stay in that zone and remain calm and confident while she was laboring on her own so she's really really inspirational this story because she she did amazingly considering as well that she was on her own and which is not easy for anyone to do so I'm really really excited to share her story with you Um, and I'm going to play it now So hello, Beth. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Um, If you could just introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay. I'm Beth and I am a freelance writer and book blogger and I go back to work this week, which is (laughs) exciting and scary. Um, I just did a little bit before I came on here and I'm six months postpartum and I have a baby boy called Lace. So I'm currently living in the Ayrshire area in Scotland but I am from north of Scotland but I grew up in the states which is why I have a transatlantic weird accent. Love it whereabouts in the states did you grow up? Um, Minnesota which is like the midwest north very cold Um, so yeah. So you're used to the colder temperatures for Scotland I guess. This is warm. This This is is warm warm for you. (laughs) That's brilliant. Now we have I mean I have uh, I know you I know you are uh, UK based but I have uh, listeners from literally I, I looked it up a little while ago and some of the the countries like it just is amazing yeah, so how cool. far it reaches like it's yeah. it's crazy so I have a lot of US listeners but um yeah like it, it's it's mind-blowing really how far people listen from which is amazing yes. so how fantastic so you, this will be heard for heard far and wide across the world so how well, good. if there's anyone from Minnesota listening hello <laughs> but perfect okay so tell us a little bit about what got you interested in hypnobirthing in the first place? So I think I followed the positive birth company on Instagram for like years and years. And I just thought like, like for me personally, I've always been like scared of childbirth. And it was one of the, one of the big reasons why why I wasn't really that interested in having a baby. But when I got pregnant, which was very much a surprise, I was like, okay, look at all these women that are having like a beautiful birth experience. It's not like the films, like it doesn't need to be crazy. And I was just like so keen on learning hypnobirthing so that when I had my baby, I was prepared and like not scared at all. Yeah. So that's what got me into it. And I read Siobhan Miller's book and listened to your podcast. And that was pretty much the only way I prepared, but it worked. So that was good. 
did you what sort of so when you first started learning about hypnobirthing and kind of as you were reading and, and listening to the podcast did it change and I guess it did because for most people it does but your how did it basically how did it help to take some of that fear away like what was it about it that eliminated some of that fear for you I think the, the first thing that I was like oh this isn't going to be so bad is the physiology of birth and learning about what my body was actually doing so that when something happened, I was prepared for it to happen. So that for like the main thing was sort of the two stages of labor, like you're going to have an up stage and then you're going to have a down stage. And knowing that, like when I was in the moment was like, Oh, here's my down stage. This isn't scary. This yes. is normal and healthy. And this is a good thing that's happening. So being educated on the physiology of birth was one huge thing that made me less scared for birth and another thing was the power of breath and how it can you know take away the pain or help you manage your pain a little bit better and the brain acronym as well I'll get more into that but that like saved my labor wow but also like on your point of um just even knowing about what your body does during labor like it's one of those things that and I've said this so many times I think on this podcast but it's one of those things that I think we think we know but actually we don't really know because it's not something that we just we generally learn and unless we go out of our way to look it up um, and teach ourselves then we don't actually know what everything's doing and what all the muscles and hormones are doing so it's such a big part of it because I can't even imagine going through labor not really understanding what it was my body was doing and I feel like it's understandable why so many people would be so scared in that moment because you don't really understand what those sensations are whereas when you know you can go oh okay this is this part like you said that this is what's happening that's normal and and that really does take some of that fear away so yeah education information obviously is just so vital Uh, exactly and I think like at all my midwife appointments because they do take such good care of you and check in on you so much before your birth in the UK but during all those I was never told about oxytocin I was never told about adrenaline I was never told about the up and down stages of labor so you really do have to go out of your own way to learn and I think even if you don't plan on using breath even if you plan on getting a section or an epidural you can still use the knowledge of the physiology of birth to help you which is what I loved about hypnobirthing was like you could have any kind of birth yeah and still use it yeah absolutely it's for every single type of birth no matter what that is it will help you in some way yeah um, okay so talk us through your birth story okay so I had a fairly easy pregnancy I was quite nauseous at the start never sick second trimester felt like I was on top of the world third trimester I was like this is you know a little bit uncomfortable but I'm fine and I was like so ready for like the challenge of birth Um, I had no complications I was told I was very low risk that you know I wouldn't need to be induced everything was fine and I was really excited and I was like I would have a home birth but like maybe not for my first blah 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 and on the 5th of July or something like that I had reduced fetal movement which was weird for me because Lace was a very active baby. Um, you know, I could see him moving all day long and I could feel him. And even if I was really still, he would go crazy. If I was up walking around, he'd be crazy. And I could feel him moving, um, but it was very reduced. 
So I phoned up, I got checked and they said that he was fine. His heart rate was fine. Everything was fine. But I think he was just having a little bit of a lazy day. But while I was there, they measured my bump and they said that it was measuring smaller than it should be based on my previous measurements. Right. So should I come back in for a growth scan? So I went back into my growth scan two days later and I was 35 weeks pregnant and the baby was measuring full term. So they were a little bit worried about his size, that he would be too big of a baby. And but even though your, was bump like, was, your bump was measuring yeah. smaller, but they, on the scan, he measured bigger. Right. Yeah, I am very tall. So I think right. there's just a lot of room for right. babies. So, yeah. so maybe on the day of your measurement from your midwife, the baby had, you know, taken up a diff- slightly different position. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very good that they were being so thorough because if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have found out everything else. So um, they wanted to see if there was a reason for him being so big. And that led me to having gestational diabetes checkup. Um, So at 35 and five days pregnant, I found out that I had gestational diabetes, which is very dangerous um, because if you have gestational diabetes, undiagnosed then your diet isn't probably in accordance with what it needs to be which can increase your baby's and your own blood sugars by like an insane amount and then your baby can have complications when they are born so i tested positive for gestational diabetes on friday and was told that same day that i would need to come back in 11 days later to have my baby and i was like whoa i'm only 35 weeks pregnant i thought i would maybe have five to six more weeks of this i'm not prepared i haven't even finished work I, I'm not ready. And also this changed my entire birth plan. So I wasn't allowed a water birth. I wasn't allowed, you know, be walking around all the time. I would have to be monitored continuously and I would have to be induced, which was my number one fear because I wasn't allowed my husband with me. Right. Because of of COVID. Yeah. So he was allowed to come in for three hours a day while I was being induced and he could come back once my active labor had started. Right. I phoned up the ward. I emailed people. I was like, is there any chance that he could come with me? Because we were now in tier zero um, in Scotland, which on the government document, it said patient led visiting, which I assumed would mean I need my husband. Right. They were saying no. Um, Top tip for anybody that is in the situation, you can request a personalized plan of care via your midwife. I did not know this. I felt like it was pretty obvious that I was really anxious about it. I was not offered it. But no when, I had my, yeah, when I had my review, um, which was with a dis- different hospital because I moved house after I gave birth um, and I just wanted to chat to them about yeah. in case I ever have another baby, like what's the chat? Um, she said, you cannot ask for a personalized plan of care because of like my anxiety and um, wow. things like that. She was like, you would qualify for it. Wow. So if you are really anxious about such things, I would just request one and see what happens. Interesting. That's really good info to give people. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been telling all my anxious friends. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, first story is the I spent the next 11 days readjusting my birth plan and kind of faking it till I made it sort of thing. So like yeah. I was so anxious, like I was feeling so sick and I couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't even go for like a walk or watch TV without being panicked. But I did not admit that to myself. I was like on my breathing. I was hypnobirthing before I was even in birth. I was doing affirmations. I was just like, this is going to be okay. 
and I am strong enough to do this, even if my husband doesn't even get there for any of it. Like I can do this. My body knows what to do and I know what's going to happen and it's going to be okay. Obviously I was like, hopefully he'll be there for the birth. And he was, but I think I was just like, worst case scenario, he's not even there. I will still be okay. So I think that's what got me to the hospital without kicking and screaming, you know? Um, And so I got there on the Tuesday morning. I was induced at 10 o'clock. I had my books. I had my iPad. I had friends downloaded. I had a playlist. I had everything ready. And they were saying to me, this could take a couple days. So just like sit back and relax. Got the pessary tablet at 11 o'clock and my contraction started at 1130. Wow. So I think, I honestly believe that because I was like so zen and chill that like my oxytocin levels were like pretty good. I think I'd like tricked myself into thinking I was 100% chill. Um, And my husband was like downstairs in the parking lot. And so I was like waving to him from the window and FaceTiming him. And it's so sad that like that was my experience. And I am still like upset that that had to be the case. I think there's a lot been a lot of injustice for vulnerable pregnant women during the pandemic but I I managed it and um he came in for his visiting at like half 12 and I was pretty uncomfortable but I was fine I wouldn't say I was like in pain I was just uncomfortable my contractions were between 5 and 15 minutes apart by this point so I was a little bit confused and we'd called the midwife and um she'd said you know it's just the hormone doing its thing like it'll all slow down and then we'll give you another one and I was like okay so while he was there for his two-hour visiting slot, I did start to get quite uncomfortable. Um, so I got the TENS machine on and I was bouncing on the ball and I was doing everything. And they said to me I could go for a walk, which I didn't understand. I can go for a walk, but he can't stay. But so I walked <laughs> into his car with my TENS machine on. And I was like, you know, I'm really, I'm, I feel these contractions are really ramping up. But I was just told that it's normal. So bye. So he went home and I sat at the window again and I watched the movie my contractions were now like four or five minutes apart and I was in active labor and I did not know it because right. I was told that it was the hormones right so I was in active labor by myself for four and a half hours oh my goodness. Um, and I didn't know it because I honestly think the hypnobirthing was like doing its thing I was okay. breathing there was a woman in the next bay screaming and I was just like don't even hear it like I was so in the zone um and nobody came to check on me (laughs) I was just alone and I was timing my contractions and yeah I was like "Hmm, this is a bit strange that no one's checking on me but Mm. I was so in the zone that I had no idea that this much time had passed but eventually you know I sort of was like okay my contractions are like two to three minutes apart probably should tell somebody this um so I grabbed one of the other midwives and I told her and she went and got my midwife she hooked me up to the monitor and everything. And then she left me again. So I was again alone for 40 minutes. I know. Um, but again, I was just like, chill. And I think this is where the hypnobirthing really came into play. Because yeah. if I didn't have that, I would be panicking. Yeah. Thank um, goodness that you had that way of calming yourself and yeah. rationalizing kind of what was happening. And- yeah. And I was using the Freya app, which I definitely recommend. And yeah. that little robot lady was helping me out. And I was listening to Aurora, which I definitely recommend. She's so peaceful and chill to listen Amazing. to music wise. And the midwife came back and was like, oh, you're over contracting. I'm going to get a doctor. I was like, hmm, 
okay, that makes sense. You know, I was now having contractions every 30 seconds. The doctor came and she was like, yeah, you're over contracting. Your baby's fine, but you're not dilated at all. Um, right. But she was like, but I could probably break your waters and that should regulate things. So at this point I was like, whoa, there's a lot going on. And I was, you know, popped in a wheelchair and I was taken downstairs and I didn't have any of my stuff. I didn't have my bag. I didn't have my pregnancy pillow. I didn't have anything. I was just taken away. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I should probably call my husband. Right. They're like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I sent him a voice note and because I was like, just like wiggled about in a wheelchair, I recorded it all and then accidentally deleted it. Oh, and I was just like too, I was too worried about getting out of the zone yeah. that I didn't want to keep calling yeah. him and texting him. So I quickly phoned him and I was like, I'm going down to labor suite. I'm in labor. Please come. And he was like, I'm already on my way. Cause his next visiting slot was like in 15 minutes. So Brilliant. I was like, I don't know where I'm going. You're going to have to figure it out. Bye. got to go. And I just like went back into my zone. Oh, I think God. that's another cool thing is like, you can come in and out of the zone a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I really tried to stay in it. Well, you know, the, the fact that you were on your own and you were still so able to stay in that place, yeah. like that is honestly like amazing. Yeah. I think I'm like really like proud of myself and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like I'm proud Should of myself be, yeah. like, how I handled this. Yeah. Um, but like, again, like, um induction wise like I was scared of the induction and everything like that and the induction itself turned out to be fine like yes I was over contracting because of the hormones but the hypnobirthing helped me the TENS machine was amazing so there's ways to sort of manage the pain anyway so I got down to labor suite and I think they broke my waters and I think Ali was there at that point I really don't even remember him being there right Um, disappeared yeah he did uh, just appear and they broke my waters and I think things calmed down for like five ten minutes and I got on the ball and I was just listening to my music and everything like that. I was hooked up to all the monitors because of the diabetes. And, but they said I could still move around. So that was quite good. But about, I think it must have been half an hour of this. The doctor came in and said, your baby is in distress. We're going to need to take you for a section. And I just looked up and I was like, I've been hooked to these monitors for most of the day. And my baby, no one's told me my baby was in distress. The midwife literally a minute before told me my baby was fine. I was sort of like, are you sure that my baby is in distress? She was yeah. like, his heart rate is sort of, you know, up and down, up and down. We're not really happy with it. And I was like, brain acronym, brain acronym. What are the benefits of a C-section? What is the yeah. risk of a C-section? What's my alternative? That's where I asked the question. I was like, what's my alternative? And she was like, you could lie on your side and we can check his heart rate. I was like, cool. If I have to lie on my side, I'd rather do that than have a section. Yeah. So I got on the bed and I lay on my side. And I had my TENS machine on. Allie was turning my TENS machine on every contraction. I was trying to do gas and air, couldn't really figure it out. I had the loveliest midwives. They were respecting my birth plan. I'd said to them, I really don't want an epidural. Like the idea of an epidural just scares me more than being in pain. Yeah. Um, that's just for me. I've heard amazing things about the epidural, but I just wasn't for me. Yeah. I was like, if I could just get through this with, you know, just gas and air, that would be great for me, especially because I had the diabetes. I was like, I don't want to introduce any more potential complications with the baby because we were kind of worried that he would go into like a hypo when he came out because I had only 11 days to sort my diet out so I was lying on my side and this was I have to admit that this was painful because you're not you don't have gravity on your side you're not walking around to sort of help with the pain you can't try new positions you're just lying on your side yeah I didn't have my pregnancy pillow with me to sort of keep my leg elevated so Ali was holding my leg he was holding the TENS machine remote. He was holding my hand. Like he was just everything. The midwife was massaging my hip 
And then the doctor came back in and was like, okay, we're happy with your baby. He's a lot happier in that position. I think he was just pressing against the cord when you were sitting on the ball. Right. You're, ha- you're, you're welcome to go ahead with the birth in this position if you're happy. I was like, cool. Let's get back into the zone. How and amazing I- that you use that, that brains tool and you ask that question. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. It, it changed my birth because I would have yeah. been whisked away for a section yeah. then and there. And if I might have had an amazing section. It would have, it might have been fine. I might have loved it. But, but if you hadn't have known that, that would have then been your only option. At least this way, you you knew that you had another option and that mm-hmm. that's the option you wanted to go with. And that's yeah. clearly the option that was right for you. Exactly. So power to hypnobirthing. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I labored on my side for like two hours and it was fine. My contractions... <laughs> did go back to literally no break I would have a contraction as soon as it sort of went down I'd have another one but I was just like this is the way it's going to be for me I have to just get used to that and I was lucky enough that I didn't have any kind of pain in my back or anything like that it was just sort of like a period cramp times 100 but it was bearable it was bearable with hypnobirthing and the breathing and and the gas and air when I managed to like figure it out and time it right it was bearable and I was like this is so easy. Like, why do people complain about this? (laughs) And then I was like, something just changed. And I was like, my baby's coming. And I said to everybody, I was like, he's coming, he's coming. And they were like, no, he's not. We don't see him. Like, he's not coming. So I had two midwives. The student midwife went on her break. And two minutes later, she was called back for delivery because they're like, oh, we see the head. So I think that second stage of labor is like unmistakable. Like, you just feel a shift and like I could feel him in my hips like I could feel my pelvis like opening up this is where things just got like a little bit challenging for me because I wasn't able to use my down breathing because of the position I was in I couldn't breathe him out I had to push which I was a little like upset about I'll get to that in a second and you know it was a lot I think the thing that surprised me the most was how much pressure it felt when he was just moving down. Like this was before I was even birthing him. Like the pressure of him moving down, I think surprised me. Like it wasn't necessarily painful, but it was, it just felt so wrong. Like it just was like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah, like you've never felt, yeah, you've never felt it before. So it's such a different feeling. And so many people like on your podcast, I'd heard people saying the ring of fire. So I was prepared for this like ring of fire. But for me, it was just pressure. And yeah. it was it felt like I was giving birth to like 10 babies. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, oh, my goodness, is, is this is he ever going to like move past it? But it was like 10 minutes, you know, yeah. it was like this is working and I, my body is doing this. And yeah, yeah like I, I think it was just like crazy, like how it all happened so quickly. So I was in the second stage of labor for like 45 minutes. And I pushed for six contractions. Like this was not a long thing, but eventually they got to the stage where they're like, you're going to need to push, like you're going to need to hold your breath and push. And that didn't work. And they were like, you're going to need to go on your back, open your pelvis up because there's just not enough space for him to come out. I flipped onto my back. I pushed twice and that baby came out in like one go. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't even like head, shoulders, knees. Yeah. It was just like, whoa, there's a baby. And I just remember I had no idea I'd given birth. No idea. I didn't feel a single thing. I just felt like that pressure was like, just like kind of like a lingering thing. So I just was still focused on that. And they were like, stop pushing. And I was like, why are they telling me to stop? I'm still in the contraction. And then I just heard Lake crying. And I was like, (laughs) when did this happen? (laughs) 
put him on my chest and there's like Ali got a video of it and it's like I'll never show a single person because I am just <laughs> sobbing oh, and I'm like shocked that like I have had a baby and I think like that's maybe the first time in my entire pregnancy that hit me that I was having an actual human being yeah and yeah. then he was just like on my chest and I was like what do I do but I was just so focused on like the sensation still that I don't even think I registered that he was there for like probably three days <laughs> um wow I think one thing that I have learned since having him is that if you do have to labor on your side or on your back a lot of midwives will tell you to like open your legs but you actually create more space in your pelvis if you have your um knees in and your calves out yeah knees, yeah, knees together calves out yeah. yes didn't know that game changer yeah. so I think a lot of these things that I was scared about like the induction hormones and yeah well I have to have a pitocin drip and blah blah, blah. like those things it's never the came unknown I think like the fear of the unknown we you know it's normal to feel scared of things that we've never experienced and I think like somebody else could be in the same exact situation as I was with a gestational diabetes diagnosis and getting induced the next week and have a different experience but I think the bottom line is that the hypnobirthing really changed my birth experience and I had I still struggle with postpartum anxiety it was really bad the first five weeks after I had lace but even during that like the hypnobirthing still helped me like the breathing if I was having a panic attack the breathing the affirmations like if I'm really tired one day from being up 15 times a night just that affirmation of like you will survive today because you survived it the last time. It's like so powerful. And I just don't know where I'd be without having done hypnobirthing. Amazing. I mean, it is, you know, it helps definitely like through birth as you've just um, explained, like as you've shown with yours, but it also is just one of those things that does help with life afterwards. And like you said, like, yeah, you know, having a newborn is not, the easiest thing in the world you're up and you're tired no. and, and things like that so being able to access that place and that mindset and to still be able to be relaxed and do your breathing actually is just benefits so much in helping you just stay calm in those testing situations and also as the kids get older like you know toddlers <laughs> and they're not easy and you know kids I'm sure when they're teenagers aren't either so having that kind of access to the you know calm space and being able to rationalize things is actually a really useful skill to have throughout life anyway so it definitely does give you that but it sounds like it gave you so much for your birth because yeah if you had hadn't done it your experience or what happened to you up until you actually went into labor like would have still been the same um, yeah. but you still would have probably ended up needing those things needing to be induced so your experience of that induction would have been completely different and yeah. not as positive because you wouldn't have had the same mindset so you know how amazing that yeah, that's, exactly. that's happened and I think like a couple of days after I gave birth I looked back and I was like that was not the birth that I wanted like that Why? didn't go well and I think now that I'm like out of the whole crazy postpartum hormone stage and everything like that and I'm getting a little bit more sleep and whatever I yeah. can look back and be like nothing medically went wrong I had my baby I had a healthy baby I owned my birth yeah um I worked through every single stage of that rationally Um, and I had a safe and calm birth 
although I was like upset with the fact that, you know, I was left on my own for four or five hours and that is wrong. It is. I still had a safe and healthy birth. Yeah. And that's not the bottom line because I know that a lot of people can be traumatized by the birth. And I definitely had that kind of delayed response to it. But I think like the power of reframing things has been a huge help for me. And again, that's part of hypnobirthing. It's part of like the sort of like affirmations. And um, yeah, I think you don't have to have this like linear relationship with your birth story as well. Like there are days where I'm like, wow, look at me. That was amazing. And there are days where I'm like really angry at the hospital for leaving me on my own. Yeah. Um, And that's okay too. I think like that's the big thing I've learned is like, you're allowed to have negative emotions. That doesn't mean that you're mentally ill or anything like that you can it doesn't have. mean that it's an overall negative experience like the exactly. overall yeah. it was a positive experience for you but there are bits of it that you maybe still don't feel that yeah, there were there were bits that I loved and there were bits that I hated yeah. and like it's okay to feel like that towards your birth so yeah I mean I, all, all else I would say is about just that fact that a lot of well the beginning part of your labor with what happened with obviously birth partners being restricted it was something that was just so out of your control um, mm-hmm. you know that was unfortunately just obviously their guidelines or whatever it was at the time and I know it's happened to lots of so people many women. Um, it's just absolutely devastating really that that's happened to so many people and something that is so out of your control but you sound like you were so you handled it so well and like bless you like you were in your zone on your own that is so hard but you yeah. that's amazing it's amazing that you you did that on your own for that first part without having that support there with you. Like that is a, a a total credit to you and also to obviously the work and preparation you did before with your breathing and your mindset and things like that, that allowed you to stay in that zone. Yeah. Um, And also you, so you had a debrief afterwards at a different hospital, but that's really actually a good thing to do. If you have questions about your birth, I always would recommend people do that and they do offer that. Uh, just to talk through everything that happened did that help you a bit understand kind of well I think so because it was at a different hospital she couldn't really answer some of my questions so I am still actually planning to speak to the hospital I had him at um I'm just gonna wait till this whole like new variant thing is just yeah or so because I don't want to add more stress but I also want to you know have them take me seriously and have time for it yeah Um, but just the just the conversation I had with this other woman um, she was so lovely and she was like you know you did an amazing job and I think that was the first time a medical person had told me you did an amazing job and wow. like you were not treated exactly right and you know I'm sorry that that was your experience and it validated the fact that you know that wasn't right and I was told beforehand that the midwives would be almost my birthing partner because he couldn't be there and they didn't check on me and she'd also told me this whole like you know you can ask for a personalized care plan and she assured me that if I ever have another baby that she will you know help me out and she will be there alongside me and I can call her whenever I want so I think just owning like obviously there's a lot of people that don't have anxiety and they might not need that but I think if you do have anxiety or you know I've had sort of a traumatic experience through a medical thing before I think I wish I'd been more of an advocate for myself and taking myself more seriously that this is something I struggle with this is something I'm scared of and I do need to request it's uh, so it's so hard though like it's so hard advocating for yourself when you are already in that situation because you're if you're in labor already you're Mm -hmm. so you're still vulnerable like it's very difficult so that's why it's It's just so such a shame for people that they're these people their partners are being 
taken away from them because they yeah. need those people to to advocate for them it is actually it's very difficult to to always do it for yourself in those situations so you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be too hard on yourself about that because I think that that is actually really difficult to do and it's great that they acknowledged although it is a different hospital obviously but it's great that it was acknowledged that that wasn't right and as you said that validates how you feel about it which is which is good for you you know to feel like yes okay that it's not just me um you know they also agree with that yeah I think like what I've told people that have had to be in a similar situation for me is although it's scary you can do it although it's wrong you can do it and there is no other option most of the time so as horrible as this is you have to readjust your birth plan and your process to accommodate the fact that for some of your labor you might not have a birth partner yeah and that is not fair and it's not right but it doesn't necessarily need to negatively impact the stages of your labor and how you progress and he was when he was born he was fine he was fine yes so um I had 11 days of of knowing my diagnosis and I did manage to um sort out my diet and make sure that when he came out that his blood sugars weren't high and then really dropped so he was fine and we got home 16 hours after I had him so amazing well and yeah I was up every hour for about six weeks but now he's really well and oh good yeah it's just it's just a crazy the craziest thing I've ever done in my life it is yeah look at him like I know he's so the people listening obviously can't see him but he's no gorgeous he's so sweet look at him we're talking about him and he doesn't know You, you will one day. Exactly. Um, so silly question, but I'm guessing you would recommend it, no Oh, one hundred percent. Like, so my friend recently had a section, and I still gave her Siobhan Miller's book because right. she had planned this section. I was like, there's a there's a chapter in there for C sections. Like, no matter what kind of birth you're planning, yeah. whether you're having a home birth with no intervention or you're having a section, you can use hypnobirthing and Absolutely. you can use it before after and during your labor like did it, it is, did it benefit her has she had her she's had her baby has she you said had her baby and she had a beautiful c-section like she loved it and amazing she enjoyed her section so how is that as well yeah, like definitely yeah. definitely yeah. well thank you it's a, a you know a great story and it's great to have a chat and also uh, also I just really feel like so many people will feel um very inspired by oh, so. your story and how strong you have been throughout uh you know what is and it, it, you know covid has obviously been awful everywhere but like that what it's kind of meant for maternity has been really mm-hmm. just awful um and there's obviously been lots of different campaigns and things like that to try to get it to uh you know not be quite so terrible for those people who aren't allowed birth partners and things like that so you know having that strength to stay strong like you did and use all your tools and you know remain calm and still be able to ask questions is um you know is is really honestly incredible so I hope a lot of people take that away with them and feel inspired by it as well but yeah no thank you for sharing your story it's um thank you for having me on yeah it's great to have a chat and to to learn all about it and just also to reiterate to everybody that you know not every single birth has to be uh, you know yeah, the, like the type of birth that you in your mind think of as being the kind of perfect birth you know births are 
sometimes a bit messy and they're sometimes all over the place and unpredictable. So as much as we can plan for our perfect, perfect ideal birth, which I always recommend people do, hemobirthing really gives you the tools to, to cope if it goes in another direction, which sometimes it does because it is sometimes unpredictable. So, um, you know, having those tools and that knowledge and that confidence to be able to deal with any direction it goes in uh, means that it can still be a positive experience, which is what you have shown as well. Um, So that's important that people, you know, understand that as well, that birth birth looks many different ways. Uh, Positive birth looks many different ways. So, so yeah, thank you though. Thank you so much. And hi, Lake. I love his name. Yeah. (laughs) Very cute You're name. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Beth. It's been lovely to talk to you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. A big, big thank you to Beth for coming onto the podcast to share her story with you guys. It was really, really lovely to talk to her. And yeah, as I said at the start, it's just a very motivating and inspirational story. Um, and also shows just how powerful hypnobirthing can be in any situation. So congratulations to Beth and thank you again for sharing your story if any of you guys want to share your story with me I'm still on the lookout for positive birth stories for a project I'm working on so please do email me I'll leave my details below just write the subject birth story for more information I'll send you what it is I'm working on and then you can decide whether it is you want to be involved but I'm really excited and I think it's going to be a really good project also if you feel like you benefit from the content that I put on here on the podcast or from anything that I do on my social media. I actually have a buy me a coffee link, which I'll also leave in the description where you can buy me a coffee if you want to say thanks. I know so many people want a way of saying thank you for what they consume and for the help that they get from this podcast. So if you'd like to, there's that option and I'll leave it below. And I always enjoy coffee. So I always appreciate it and I do appreciate it so much. I appreciate everybody so much for listening. We're actually almost at half a million downloads. I actually think by the time this podcast goes out or just after, I'll have reached 500,000 downloads, which is crazy um, and amazing. And thank you all so much, guys. I love love making it and I love um, that you guys all benefit so much from it. So thank you again. I'm getting all gushy now. Uh, But yes, I will see you in two weeks time with another episode. Until then, goodbye.